0: Hi, this is Drifting Cloud Press and your host, Gabriel Thomas-Stevens. Tonight we have a special guest, Gabriela Gutierrez, and we'll be exploring the topic beyond initiation. But first, the song A Calling Home by Anne MacDonald. Okay, that was a beautiful introduction from a, a song that Gabriella has suggested uh called A Calling Home by Anne MacDonald. Uh and what a better way to welcome Gabriella back. Welcome.
1: Mm, thank you. Hello. Um
0: and just to have such a such a graceful and slow song to begin this hour. Mm. Um really sets the tone the first song. Mm. So Last radio show we spoke about initiation, and this is beyond initiation. But to set the the the, ter- the pace of this and to encapsulate where we're going to go, uh, we first want to sort of talk about initiation within a cultural lens. And mm-hmm. you you were saying, Gabriella, that um, you you wanted to frame it within the Greeks.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to apologise for <laughs> this sleeping pug. Next to me, Ella, Um, she's having a little (laughs) snore. She's in the dreaming. She is. So hopefully she'll contribute to this in her own way.
0: There's always a third in the radio. (laughs) You know, even between two (laughs) guests, there's always a third (laughs) element. And today it's the pug. It's the (laughs)
1: snoring pug. Um, Yes, I think it might be helpful to just um, talk about initiation a bit first. Um, I'm not sure what your last um, show was about and so it might be good to just start there and mm-hmm. then we can see um because when you when we were in touch earlier and um it all happened quite spontaneously didn't it yeah. um and so when you touched in and you were like you know what should we talk about i was like hmm, what should we talk about and that was the obvious thing is beyond mm-hmm. initiation, because that's where I am at the moment in my life. And I wanted to talk about something relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feels like the most sincere thing. Yeah. Um, and so it might be nice to just begin with a small piece that um, one of my teachers wrote. Um, she's a shaman from the US called Norelle Boutilier, Um, And she wrote a, a piece on initiation that I thought might be good to begin this with. Um, and it's, on, it's, it's from the Greeks, so the idea of so how the Greek mind saw initiation. Um, and so she says, initiation, from the Latin initiare, to begin, to originate, to receive instruction in sacred knowledge, from the Greek mysticos, secret, and mystis, meaning one who has been initiated. The myth is alive and finds its life through us. We walk the labyrinth of our life. We walk the land wherever home is in the moment. We know the earth anywhere is sacred ground, even the nuclear wasteland and the deepest city. Initiates hold an office. They serve something greater than their personal ego by being what they are and committing themselves to it utterly which means down deep in the womb, down deep in the gut of the living soul.
0: Wow, so sorry, who, who wrote that?
1: Norel Boutillier.
0: Mm, beautiful. Um,
1: yeah, and so I think perhaps a helpful point of departure is this central idea in Greek myth and Greek cosmology or religion around the daemon. And the daemon is this, it's similar to duende, interestingly, because the last time we spoke here was about <laughs> duende, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the daemon is this. Um, is seen as an angel, a bit like the angel up above in Corbin, Henry Corbin's work. Um, and the daemon is like a, a leading light or a compass in our lives that is always pointing north, is always pointing us to our no- to our north star, Um, But oftentimes we vilify it and demonize it. So the word demon comes from daemon. Because oftentimes our north star is pointing us towards directions that we don't want to go. Mm. Right. And pointing us towards paths that are full of, you know, grit and the mud of Hades and the underworld and, you know, the deep dark down under. Mm hmm. And that isn't often very attractive, is it?
0: No, it's not as easily packaged as a Hollywood ending.
1: No, exactly. And it's something that, you know, what we were talking about earlier around this lack of holding in the West um, in Mm -hmm. initiatory experiences. Like we don't really have containers um, and we don't really understand initiatory experience Um, Mm. when it's happening because there are no elders to tell us like you know this thing that you're doing now it's it's an initiation and this is what you need to get through it like these are the resources Mm -hmm. we need to figure it out on our own Mm. and so I think it's really interesting to look at initiation like life post initiation like what does life look like and how do we hold ourselves after we've been through these experiences And I think these experiences Mm. can be anything from a particular like study, like what we've just done with the MA. Yeah. Um, It can be traumatic experience. It can be heartbreak. It can be um, a spiritual uh, process that you go through with a teacher or um, in your own life, some kind of mystical unraveling. It's all so subtle and mysterious. Mm. Um, but it's real and it's true and it happens to all of us, right? Right. Um, so I, an interesting question here is with this idea of initiation being like the originating point, the starting point. What happens next? Like, how do we re-enter the village? Mm. And that's the question I'm sitting with now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this conversation is going to be more questions than <laughs> answers. <laughs> that's that's
0: wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: Um, but perhaps a starting place to sort of frame this, because otherwise it feels like just being out in the deep dark sea. Yeah. Um, is through the mindset of a cultural framework, and I and I'm drawing on the Greeks just because they're the the culture I know most of, mm-hmm. and they're the they're my area of study. Um, and inquiry, and so maybe it would be good to begin with a little background on their initiatory experience, Mm. right? Yeah, that's a good way of grounding the conversation. Yeah, and what that that. meant for them, and essentially they're one of our main inheritance in the West, the the ancient Greek mind.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: Um, So the Greeks um, had a school that was called Eleusis, And Eleusis was a temple that had a library, um, that had halls for learning, that had underground crypts um, for initiatory purposes, for ceremonies, for rituals. Um, They had chambers, excuse me, for dreaming, um, for feasting, for libations to the gods, um, primarily Demeter and Persephone, who were seen as the mother and the daughter and that is shrouded in its own mystery, mm. um, and
0: so that that links to the cycles. Right? Yes, the...
1: exactly. I think it originates in the Neolithic vegetation rites, mm-hmm. the life, death, rebirth cycles, life, death, resurrection,
0: and in that that in terms of the seasons, autumn, yes, winter.
1: exactly, and ways to bring in. Um, the seasons and to ensure fertile land and Mm -hmm. grain and food, you know, which at that, I mean, I think that there was a relationship that was earth-based and earth-honoring. And so the gods were the earth. Like Demeter, I think, was originally the earth mother and Persephone was the under-earth mother, you know, the underworld, the chthonic mother. Um, And I think then that took its own form um, throughout the Bronze Age, and then in classical Greece, it became something else. Right. But originally, I think, yes. That pantheism to, before
0: yeah. it became like a, a mono.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, and so I think perhaps a helpful thing to look at is, you know, why why were lay folk like you and I, why were they going yearly to these ceremonies? that were held in September, mm-hmm. so last month in the autumn, um, every year to um, spend nine days in really deep inner work, you know, with each day designated to a certain practice. Like one day was a feast day, one day was a procession day, mm. one day was a dreaming day with a slepius and hygeia. Um, one day at, at the end was the re emergence back into the village. Like a whole day was given to reintegration.
0: And these were parts of what we know of the Elysian mysteries. Yes, okay. exactly.
1: Yes. So at Eleusis, the, the initiatory um, body of work was called the Eleusinian mysteries, um, and the initiates were called the Mysti. And they were peoples who underwent these nine days of initiation with a whole preparation period before Mm -hmm. of about two years. Wow. Okay, So, so the
0: preparation, two years, but the actual initiation, how long? Nine days. Nine days. Yeah. Wow, okay.
1: Yeah. And then the reintegration into the village was lifelong. Like, you were seen as you were then committing to spend the rest of your life in integration and in application of what you had learned in those nine days. Mm, wow. So it's a whole... Very intense
0: you way know, of um, doing yeah, it, that intensity I, of the nine days. It, yeah. And each, like, and you're saying that each day was dedicated to a specific
1: Yes, uh, each task. day they had a particular task that they had to undertake that was guided by the priests and priestesses at the temple. Um, that was held for which there was a container, you know a yeah. very particular container right, um and what I think is really interesting is that it's not like this was um a one off or what you know you go and you have this experience like you often see in new age movements you know like people go and have this sort of spiritual tourism mm-hmm. like have this experience then like go back to their jobs as lawyers or doctors or that's, the, that's and, the
0: nine days without the two years <laughs> yeah, exactly
1: and without the post the beyond initiation uh-huh. you know so that was like when you came out of that from what i understand when you come out of the nine days your life is then in in reverence to what you learned. So the initiation is like actually a very small part. The big part is life post-initiation. Like that's where the work really begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think part of the, um, maybe part of the challenge in modern life is that we get caught up in the initiation and like that's the big thing,
0: right? But actually, but the post-
1: yeah, we initiation. forget about the yeah the reentry into the village and mm. you know how do you hold yourself when you're in that new shape in right. a world that hasn't changed its shape that is still as it was before
0: and mm. maintain that elasticity to yeah wow okay so I, I I have a few definite few questions <laughs> um, so you when you spoke of like beyond uh, that nine period and then to the initiation and and then you begin and you're always in the process Mm. um are there moments where you have to like return to a state of initiation um or is it just something that you just carry on and and, 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 you know is there checkpoints is there Mm.
1: from um, what i understand no no it's something that you hold in yourself um, wow, okay. And when you visit, because the, the initiations that the Ilusanian Mysteries happened once a year, but you only went through once. Mm-hmm. But people would still go because you're supporting the rest of the village, so to speak, in their initiation. Got you. Okay. So, it's like, so
0: you're kind of, re- it's renewal through the generational yes, exactly. Um, partaking.
1: Exactly. And it's, you know, this whole idea that the soul is outside the body. You know that you're not ah, okay. alone in your initiation. So it's then it becomes a collective exactly uh, ordeal. Exactly. And so, so what?
0: Because um, it's 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 so funny that we're having this conversation because this you you sent this document to me uh, on the the mysteries oh, yeah, mysteries right. and it has been on my desktop for like the good part of this year, <laughs> like unclosed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued as to what is the mystery part of the Elysian mysteries.
1: Mm, so is the rest of the world. <laughs> 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 Nobody knows. That's, that's the wonderful but it, bit. Is,
0: is it that there's bits of um, literally just like information that's missing? Is that or No, is it it's that, that
1: they were sworn to secrecy.
0: Okay, so that okay, so that's the texture of the mystery. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Unless you were initiated, you, there were two. Fi- we know more or less what happened over the first seven days. So you know the feasting, the procession, the dream work, um, the libations, mm-hmm. the dancing. There was a day designated solely to dancing, to celebration, okay, to right, right. drinking wine. Yeah, um, yeah. You know that was so those details old, are I mean. known yeah those details are known uh-huh. what's secret and what's what's the mystery are the last two days and that's when initiates would go underground and they would we think drink from something that may have resembled a mix of honey <laughs> mm-hmm. barley and mint um Nobody knows this for sure. Some scholars say it had other psychoactive qualities. Mm. But really, it was a it was a type of vision quest. They would go to the mysteries, to Eleusis, to seek vision. And that vision was what would inform the rest of their lives. So what I think is that they were seeking to meet their daemon. Wow. Their duende. So the, the, the,
0: the stuff that um, is known, like the, the nine days and that, like factual information so to speak mm. that was that um passed down to like written record or not
1: really they're fragments right um we know very little even about those nine days so there's a scholar called marilyn keller who i think is the article i sent you yeah, um, yeah. and she postulates what could have been what could have happened over those nine days based on writings by the ancient greek scholars um, mm. But they're only pieces. So we're just kind of trying to put together a puzzle. So mm. essentially, the whole thing is shrouded in mystery, and we've got a few, you know, a few.
0: Here, yeah, bits and bo- like yeah. pieces to parcel with. But yeah. yeah, wow, okay.
1: Yeah. But what we don't know anything about are those two days, other than that they likely sought vision and that it came in the form of a liquid that they ingested, which was. Probably made from honey, barley, and mint. Hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, the the. I mean, obviously, the um, from listening to you speak upon, upon the the mysteries mm. that that went on there is like that. Um, initiation seems to be very place based. That it was held by the space mm. and the architectural presence of 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 somewhere that you can go, right? Yeah. And visit, but then on top of that, then you have what it seems like. Elders or yeah. initi- initiators yeah. to the process yeah um. yeah
1: I think that's such a good point as well actually that I feel like Eleusis was the mecca of the ancient world you know mm. I think that it was a site of pilgrimage um, that people went to from all over mm. um, and I think it was it, both an expectation like it was your responsibility as like a civilian you know as a responsible part of the community to go and get initiated and get vision and meet your daemon. Um, You know, like figure out who you are and why you're here, Mm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it's based on a much older practice that came from Minoan Crete that was a Bronze Age and Neolithic culture that dates back to 3000 BC at least. Some people think 5000 BC. Um, that was all about regeneration and honoring our contract our sacred contract with the land mm-hmm. um so actively participating in renovation and regeneration it was like almost like the hieros gamos of the celts right you know the, the marriage of the land yeah yeah where yeah. you you make a a vow um of partnership with the land. Mm. And I think that dictates how you then hold yourself in the world and in your community, which is something that we're lacking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, oh, this is it's such a rich topic, isn't mm. it? Because uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating how these places, you know, hold such weight mm. um, and, and attract this. It's kind of like they build a sort of sense of a resonance or a vibration, right, yeah. by being constantly... Are used for this specific uh, ceremony or site, and how, like in globalization, how um, in a way the empire is always growing bigger, right? So, and where do you seek these um, places Mm. um, if you're not necessarily tied to a religion? Yeah. Um, And so, there's definitely a feeling of um, restlessness, isn't there, or Mm -hmm. or a nomadic feeling that Mm. um, we're always like searching for something beyond yeah. or outside of ourselves it's very like explorer Yeah. Um, and yeah I, I just think it's beautiful to hear of like these places that sort of have grown mm. and incubated mm. something I think I feel like Dartington has that has that quality actually to yeah. it um,
1: absolutely and a shared intention that
0: shared intention yeah
1: but I think it's interesting as well that um, and Yeats talks about this he talks about um, the importance of not Um, not doing anything without the presence of at least one of the gods. Mm. And Eleusis was built on the request of Demeter. You know, the myth is that she came across the seas from Crete looking for her lost daughter who had been swallowed up in the underworld in her own initiation. And so Demeter had to undertake her own initiation in finding her lost daughter or this lost part of herself um, that was deep down in the underworld. Mm. And she arrived in Eleusis and she was looked after there by a family um, who asked her to take care of their newborn child. And so she mothered this child and she tried to make this child into a god. And every night she would, she would hold the child in the fire and she was making him immortal and then one night the mother woke up from her sleep and saw what Demeter was doing and cried out in in pain and Mm -hmm. said my child my child she's killing my child and Demeter erupted and where she'd been hiding as an old woman she she took off her veil and she took off her cloaks and she showed herself in her full light and we know that you can't the, the myth is that or the idea is that you can't ever look upon a god in their fullness or Mm -hmm. you will be um eradicated by their brightness yeah and so she did she showed herself in her fullness and you know she said you ignorant human this is what will prevent you from ever finding your truth and your your meaning and your essentially your daemon your ignorance your ignorance your ignorance and then she left and um the mother realized that what she was doing was trying to teach her child the ultimate experience you know this idea of immortality and I don't think that means never dying I mm. think there's a whole alchemical and mystical um, teaching around immortality um, you know this finding of your true nature and yeah. it, and not wavering I think that's the ultimate experience in initiation when you find that 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 true self and it's not, deconstructed when you re-enter the village it doesn't fall away that you're able to hold it
0: so the the immortal aspect is like a like a a way of being whole without like giving or you know changing yeah by the circumstance yeah
1: that... like finding your 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 true self the you know mm. the spark that makes you who you are
0: that's such a fascinating take on immortality and mm. and how that can be interpreted and mm. um Because, yeah, that must have have a deathless aspect to Mm,
1: it. Yeah, that idea of the philosopher's stone being this food of immortality. And, you know, in so many traditions, we hear about these nectars of immortality. And I just wonder if they're not so much about not dying, but about that true self not dying.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, through life, you know, uh, with relationships and experiences and what we're left with is always our self. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, when, when we're not held within an initiatory experience, we want to run from one experience to another yeah. in order to not face the immortal self.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's life beyond initiation. That's why I think that's when the work really begins because you have your initiatory experience and there's a romance there. Mm. right you meet the gods essentially you know the gods down in down under and the brighter gods you meet them both the dark and the bright um but when you re-enter the village and you move away from that experience that's when that's when you go okay how do I hold this and especially in a world that doesn't reflect back that which you're trying to cultivate in yourself.
0: Mm, yeah, that's the hardest part I think in this yeah. modern uh, iteration yeah, of life. Basis. Exactly.
1: Like, how do you how do you stay true to those to that part of yourself? And mm-hmm. and that goes, you know, that 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 um, that affects every aspect of life, like you know yeah. who we spend time with and what we eat and how we spend our, our time and our energy and who we love and who ha, how we what what we offer the world you know like what our great work is
0: mm. yeah it's fun it's interesting because um a housemate of mine we were talking about this morning and she was reading uh, this book on love and that one of the quotes she wrote, r- read which was along the lines that you know with we we sort of misinterpreted love a bit as being you know this sort of this moment where it's like the passionate or you know when you feel enamored with someone, mm. but the the true love is actually when that changes from, um, you know a commitment from a fleeting to a to a commitment. And it sounds mm. like the Elysian Mysteries, mm. you know the nine days are the fleeting moments, mm. but really what you have to carry on and the true initiation is the the process beyond.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And that commitment, I think, to the gift that you've been given in the grace of the gods, really, because, you know, I think, well, I imagine that those last days in Eleusis, after you've undergone, you know, two years of preparation, and then nine days. Right. That's that's what's fascinating,
0: isn't it? it's over in a flash. Yeah, exactly. And and something about that really captures the the essence of life. Mm. You know, because we always feel, or at least my experience is that we always feel like we're in preparation for something, but the moment is always passing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's always like a river, it just, it it goes. Yeah. Um, And there's there's a beautiful, there's these, um, I think they're called like the thousand day monks. Mm. Um, And... I think it's Mount Hare that they run around and um, it's mm. a thousand days and they only run at night um and only uh, there's only like 40 around 40 to 50 that have ever like completed the thousand days mm. um because of, of how how much endurance is required of the human body mm. in that um and um yeah it's, it's worth looking up but the thing that captured me the most and which relates to this co- this topic is on the last day mm. on the thousandth day um that day is the day that you carry on for the rest of your life uh, yeah so that's where the the work really begins yeah. you know and and i think one thing that is mis- is easy to misunderstand about initiation is that um often it's 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 happening all the time mm. Um, and I, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's always a catalyst. There's a, there's mm. a beautiful way that David Hinton talks about a similar thing that he says that the moment is messy with origins,
2: mm. you know? And
0: so I think that time that you said, you know, the two years and then the nine days, mm. that's like being able to be in preparation to see the fact that we're constantly living mm. in like an ongoing
1: yeah. uh, moment. Yeah, exactly, that life itself is initiatory. Is it initiatory? <laughs> yeah, I think that's confusing, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: It, um, and yeah, just I think the biggest crime of our time is not being able to n- know and name that, mm. that we're an initiation. Mm.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And, and yeah. if it's not named, then that's when uh, the daemon becomes a demon.
1: Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And uh, just this idea of the root meaning of initiation in Latin being to begin, to originate. You know, you need tiare to begin. You you set off on something. Every morning when you wake up, you're being initiated.
0: Yeah. You know, like you're
1: originating. You're starting something. You're beginning over and over and over again. And that, I think, is beyond initiation. Like this theme of Mm -hmm. when you move beyond the actual experience, like a bigger experience, a sort of obviously bigger, more evidently. um, And then you you have to wake up every day
0: well yeah I mean that is it's a big thing you know that yeah, yeah. We, we, we 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 take it for granted yeah but it's it's actually some of one of the hard one of the hardest things to do is yeah wake up and begin again right? exactly and start the day
1: exactly um, I think it's um th- well recently i, I So we just finished this master's, and that was an initiatory experience. Mm. We spent a year in the dreaming Mm. and in the mythic and in the imaginal. And we were then plummeted back into our ordinary lives. And my response to that was fleeing, was I just took off. um, And I know that's my nature. I am migratory. You know, that's my... Um, but when I went to, I went to Paris, that was my first stop and I'd never been there before. And I was utterly enchanted by the spirit of that land, of that city, of that place. Like she, she felt like a she to me, um, mm. was like a sorceress of sorts, you know, a she who is able to enchant and work with your energy and shape you and, you know, And you have to just let yourself be shaped or or you enter into one of those battles that you know you will lose. Mm. Um, and the first night I was there, I went to see a concert and it was all very synchronistic. I, I hadn't planned it. I happened to be there and it was in a cathedral and it was candle lit. Um, and there were these beautiful stained glass windows and it was just a magical place. And the performer at the end, he said... I'm not going to do his cockney accent. Like he was from like East London, and, and in he goes Paris. in Paris. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, yeah, great. He was a saxophone player from East London, and amazing. And he just said, "You know, and he stopped the song, the last song halfway, and he goes, "You know, I feel like I just need to say this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for waking up every morning." Wow. Thank you. I appreciate you, and I hope that you appreciate yourself hmm. and go forward in the courage of your love.
0: That's beautiful,
1: and I was just—I was moved to tears. Yeah, you know, I was just sitting yeah. there sobbing after that. Just going, "Fuck!" Like we—we we don't appreciate the sort of the the fact that we're alive and that we keep showing up. You know, it's mm. the difference between sleep and wakefulness. You know, when we live fully awake, that is beyond initiation. You know, it's that commitment to living fully present to the aliveness of every moment and allowing the duende and the magic the mystery to move through us and Mm. and and beyond us that it's not just about our own small journeys of you know enlightenment that that you know the ancients and in this case the greeks um and the the bronze age and neolithic peoples of that land before who are like the main source of inspiration, I think, for the Western mind, the main yeah. influence, they knew that it was more than just us, you know, that there was a greater, something greater, something that we were all a part of. Mm. And I think that showing up to witness other people's initiatory experience in Eleusis was an active, um, an active showed an active relationship you know, with the other in all its forms, be it land, person, God. Um, and that we're lacking that is one of the greatest heartbreaks, I think.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 so much easier when... Uh, I mean, it's, it's still a difficult journey, but when the culture holds that dearly, mm. you know, that we're part of a wider web. Mm. Um, and it's, you know it's like when we celebrate Christmas or, mm. you know, it's, you feel, you can actually feel it nationwide, right? Like yeah. you can feel the energy. It's like when the queen died, it was like, yeah. I remember feeling like, wow, that's the hive, the yeah. hive mind of the UK. Cause it's yeah. like everyone knew that she had died. Yeah. Um, and so it's like when you shift the cultural aspect to like, to look at, you know, yeah, we aren't just, uh, it's not just about us. Yeah, Like then these conversations become a lot, um, clearer easier yeah um, and still not the ease is not to be you know mistaken for how it's still difficult mm-hmm. um, but yes yeah, that holding isn't it really
1: it's yeah right. Exactly, and you know, based on this idea that the soul is outside the body, mm. that it's not confined to our form, that it's in the river and the mountain and the badger and
0: and in others as well and in
1: others in all others and there's a I had a conversation with a friend recently when I was after I went to Paris I went to London mm. and had a conversation with her and she's um, very involved at the moment in um, a, a, a hind sect um I don't really have the language for it I'm not sure yeah. what it means but you know there's a guru and there's worship and devotion okay. and and she was telling me a story about a um, saint an Indian saint who fell in love with a deer <laughs> and when she told me that I was like ah oh, yes so shamanic you know so animistic <laughs> like yes the soul outside the body yes he fell in love with a deer yeah and then it crashed very quickly because she was like but When he died, the last image he had was of that which he loved most, and it was the deer. And so he was reborn a deer, and then he had to be helped by other saints to become a human again, be reborn a human, and then eventually reach enlightenment. And something in me broke when I heard that. I was like, wait, Mm. wait, 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 what? (laughs) What?" And so I said to her, I was like, you know, in the Irish myths, there's a similar story um, about a man falling in love with a deer. Finn falling in love with a deer and having Oshin. Which is in
0: in itself, the name Oshin is Little Deer.
1: Little Deer, exactly. Yes, this legendary poet. And he fell in love with a deer because he fell in love with a deer, not because the deer was then going to transcend into a human or find enlightenment. Right, it feels quite
0: goal-orientated. Exactly,
1: and it belittles the natural world. And so I said to her, you know, what if the gods walk among us? What if the gods are the deer? Mm. You know, what if we have actually separated ourselves so much that we've forgotten who our teachers are? (laughs) You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this, you know, communal thing that we're talking about and this web that is interrelated lives between us all.
0: Mm. And I think it's also... Uh, there's moments where, you know, you go through a rough time or it's, it's that initiatory quality of uh, something, you know, the boundaries of what you thought the reality was, you know, shift and and change around you and you mm-hmm. still have that, the immortal self that you're speaking of. Mm-hmm. But I think it opens up and allows to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's one of the beauties of of uh, beyond initiation is mm-hmm. like seeing that. Uh, more than this surface reality that seems to be, you know, yeah. holding us, yeah. Um, yeah. and to look look beneath it.
2: Mm.
0: Um, yeah. Well, wow, we've we get we're almost near the end of the hour, <laughs> oh, <wow>. and we <laughs> haven't played a a song which is new. I think we're we're beyond everything at this point. <laughs> beyond music. <Yes. laughs> Um, but that story of the saxophone player—it was beautiful. And you, I, I have to say that you've, you've sent some beautiful songs, mm. as always. <laughs> um, and I was feeling Mistral Noir.
1: Yes, would be good, a, call. A good, good
0: call. Good song to to call this chapter. was Mistral Mistral Noir from the album Slow Eastbound Train and as we approached the last uh, segment moment of the show we kind of wanted to bring bring it back to um something personal uh, well, all initiation is personal um and yeah we we were one asking the sort of the question that was arising in this topic is we and what we seem to be skirting around is you know, how do we have initiation when the world doesn't reflect or hold it? Um, and and also how not to or to maintain that immortal self that we've spoken of when it's so easy to return to vices mm-hmm. um, and to cure our, our so-called problem. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Or, you know,
0: when, when, you, when we go through something shattering where we have to pick up the pieces and relearn. Um, mm the
1: world around us. Mm, Yeah, that's kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier around I think there's going to be more questions in this (laughs) conversation than answers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're ones that I think we can sit with, Mm. you know, sincerely and let them work us. Um, And so currently I'm very much letting those particular questions work me around life post initiation and Personally, my response is often to, you know, we've all got our addictions, right? And we're either aware of them or we're not. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think whether or not we're aware of them, when we come out of initiatory experience, we revert back to them. It's almost like a, a magnet, you know, mm-hmm. that we can't help. And... I think one of the first questions is, "What are my addictions?" Mm-hmm. You know, and to really honestly sit with that, um, and that's that's going into the underworld after initiation, which I think is inevitable. I don't see how, in our culture, we can go, we can re-enter the village without having first passed through the underworld after an initiatory experience. Yeah because we don't have the framework or the containers or the elders to kind of, um, guide us through. Um, and so the underworld can look, I think, like, um, an indulgence in addiction in whatever form. And that can be, you know, drinking, um, smoking, sex, overeating, um, avoidance, um, fantasy, uh, you know it engaging in thoughts and uh, friendships or connections that don't we know don't serve us but mm-hmm. they feed our addiction and something i learned during one of my shamanic uh, from from one of my teachers uh was that the only reason that we go into addiction is because we feel we are not full and we're trying to fill a hole mm. And I think what happens in initiation is that we're emptied. You know, we're fully emptied, like everything falls away. It's it's quite miraculous, actually. Like Mm. when you really meet it, everything falls away. And what's left? The daemon, right? Like that true, that spark, that true self. But Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to hold that in our world, and because our world isn't crafted in a way that, 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 that holds that, I think that it's almost like being afraid of our own brightness. Right. And so we turn to the underworld, back into the dark, and back into our addictions and our old patterns. And I don't know how we come out of them. I think that community is really helpful, like people who can behold us and remind us of our true self of that daemon who go, Hey, like remember that vision that you had during your initiation. Remember, right. don't what forget came? that. Don't forget that. Remember. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And after every dismemberment there has to be a rememberment. You know, we have to put ourselves together again and that's painful. Mm. And so in that process I think what can resource us is a lot of love. Um, ultimately, love from our, the people in our lives, but also self-love and really being able to fill ourselves back up with love and seeing what shape we then take instead of trying to fill up those that empty space with our addictions. And mm. the more we fill up with love, the more soulful we become. And so we can move through life soulfully, which I think essentially means being in relationship in right relationship with ourselves and with all of life.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, so you're, you're attracting a different um, energy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you've touched upon something really uh, true as well, is that <clears throat> we're, we're not, it's not that we're ever scared of our darkness, mm. but it's our light. And it's so easy to think that, you know, we're, we're, to go into darkness is, is, you know, that's the thing to do. Mm. But it's actually the light that we're scared of because, that, yeah, it's the brightness is, the the revealing of a god, mm. you know, or a goddess in front of us.
1: Yeah, exactly. It comes um. back to that old idea of the gods not being able to show their true form to humans, to mortals, because they'll blind us. You know, I think that we all. I think the daemon is a type of god. You know, it's a God spark anyway that we all carry in us, and I think we fear that it'll blind that will blind each other.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also just that's something that you said as well it's just like that. You know, naming your um, addictions mm-hmm. is one, mm-hmm. um, and also like knowing that you'll probably go to to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is a, a quicker process of getting out of them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, exactly. And maybe not being so hard on the fact that you want to fill the hole. Yeah, um, exactly. Because it's understandable, I suppose, you know, yeah. that we all reach for that. Um, but what a beautiful message to, to fill that rather with uh, love, which is abundance. Yeah, um, and yeah. To move from that place, which w- creates more abundance.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, I think it's this idea that we've got these two mirrors in us, a bright mirror and a dark mirror. And we can choose to see our reflection in either one. And I think that we'll probably spend our lives peeking at both. Um, <laughs> and that, uh, you know, they, they they are both true. You know, like the dark mirror will show us the parts of ourselves that, are, that do have addictions and that are driven by fear and yeah. by ego and uh-huh. by a, a inadequacy. And then we turn and we see the bright mirror and you're like, fuck, I am like, you know, this is this is this is good stuff over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I want to spend more time with this. But it's but again, we don't have a framework to that oh, tells yeah. us, you know, it's okay to see your brightness. You need to see your darkness because then you can buy all of the things that will give us all money <laughs> mm. and um, you know, fill that fill that void with things that aren't good for you, but that will yeah. keep the system that is Currently in place, um, mm. thriving.
0: Yeah, and then our brightness becomes, in a, in a way, disembodied. Yeah. From us in turn. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's revolutionary, I think, to choose to keep looking into the brightness, like to keep, to commit and to devote ourselves to to that that to mm. facing our own brightness and being blinded over and over again.
0: Yeah, which isn't to be confused with uh, an ego-centered. No, um, it's much more pure than that.
1: Exactly. Because
0: the yeah, the amount you can give is in, is what you re- get in return as as well.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and it's ongoing, and yeah. building. Yeah. Which leaves us with our last question: Is say how do we create um, spaces, um, geometric or uh, relational that holds initiation in a world that doesn't do that for us? Mm.
1: God, I wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the ultimate question of our times, isn't it? Mm. Like how to build an alternative model um, as opposed to trying to change the one that we already live in, Mm. like to just create an alternative. And perhaps that alternative begins with a remembrance of ourselves after this 5,000-year-long dismemberment through Mm. institutional religion and capitalism and patriarchy. You know, how can we remember that soul is outside of the body and that we are, we have the God spark within us and that love can heal all wounds and, you know, these very kind of basic principles... That if yeah. we let sort of, if we hold as the guiding torches in our lives, then we may find our way out of the wasteland. Mm. And life post-initiation may be of, may hold some of the miraculous.
0: Mm. And I think in some ways, the uh, there is a glimmer of an answer in our conversation with what you said about the, the daimon mm. and how I think art and creating can be such a great expression and mm. a song that can be sung to that um, part of us that's lost and needs to be remembered. Mm. Um, and yeah, that I've, I've always found uh, personally, like that, um, that some kind of journaling or the like writing as you know, whatever medium you can mm. use, uh, mine just happens to be writing, but mm. you know, has given me um, a, pr- a, pr- a way to look at the process, mm. uh, the ongoing process and, and sort of give a texture to it. Mm, um, absolutely. And give meaning to it.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. you know, the the daemon, the, therein lies something. I I, mm. I don't know what, you mm. know, but there's, there's something there for that all, you know, like what you said about the illusion mysteries is it's a time and a place. Mm. So you can mark that in your heart mm. and you can set off from there whenever you forget. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know the you know with the the thing about addiction right it's it's you know like when you go to sit an exam mm. you you always end up going to the base of your practice mm. you know so you're always starting from a different place the more times it comes around
1: yeah yeah um, and that idea of beginning again and again and again initiation yeah to begin and begin again and begin again
0: yeah 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 so i th- i think there's yeah, we can hold in some forms initiation for ourselves, but also I think just these conversations mm. are, um, you know, are definitely libations yeah. to uh, to attract the attention of the gods. Yeah. Um, and if we keep speaking in this tongue, I... Yeah hope something can come of it.
1: Absolutely, to keep the smoke hole open and let the (laughs) gods see us in all our forms and shapes, you know, in our beauty and in our ugliness, the bright mirrors and the dark. Mm. And to just, I think, all we can do, kind of ultimate, I think, is just to stay alive to each moment, to keep beginning again and again from that place of of truth, of of the daemon. You know, of that spark to keep remembering who we are and why we're here. And that will be different for all of us. Mm. But so long as we know our craft, you know, what keeps us closest to the gods, whether it's writing or painting or pottery or any kind of anything, anything, Mm. literally anything, there's no wrong way with this, which is why, you know, that's one of the pressures lifted off, I think. (laughs) So there's no right or wrong with this. It's just what feels true for each of us Mm. that keeps us close to the gods and helps us remember. And in that way, we begin and we are initiated again and again.
0: Beautiful. Mm. Such a beautiful subject. Thank you, uh, Gabriella, for exploring this. And Mm. um, yeah, there just seems to be an ongoing thread of being in relation or a relational topic of initiation that we need to bring forth community. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's one song I was just looking at the playlist before we end. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm aware that the the two songs we've played are your sort of recommendations Mm -hmm. and, um, I added one when I was waiting for you to, to come to the, to the radio, I just, on the lounge, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a song called homesickness. Oh. And um, you know when you have, you, you know a song from a particular memory. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was just, it's really like vivid in my mind right now. But I remember looking in an, into a dress shop, you know, with the mannequins and they have mm. uh, the tailored, you know, mm. suits. And, uh, and um, I could see my reflection in the glass. And I was in Japan, so a long way from home. Mm. And um, there's something of the dark and the light in this song, mm. and it just reminded me of the reflect, reflection in that pain.
1: Mm, that's beautiful. Um, it makes window. me. It makes me think of that. Do you know the word "hedaeth" in Welsh? It means uh, longing for home,
2: mm. but
1: it's a home that never existed.
2: Mm. It's
1: an it's an invisible and ineffable home. Oh wow! That is that you know the longing for will be in us always. I think the Sufis know of that quality of longing. Right. You know, a longing for home and what that means, and I think that that's what initiation is about, bringing More, us closer to that.
0: Beyond, beyond the initiation.
1: Beyond initiation. Wow. Coming okay. home. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Let us listen and uh, thank
1: you and good night. Mm, good night.